Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics, and I'm joined today with an awesome guest, Jay Yellis. Jay is one of the fishing's most decorated anglers with 25 years of experience as a professional fisherman and winner of the 2002 Bassmaster Classic and 2003 Angler of the Year. He also received in 2003 an ESPY for the Most Outstanding Outdoor Athlete and Angler of the Year twice for FLW. So, Jay's experience that he has is absolutely outstanding. And I was checking out some of the things that he does, but probably one of the most impactful things that he does now is something that we like to call Cast for Kids Foundation. And this foundation is awesome. And I'll let Jay kind of talk about that a little bit later on the podcast. But how are you doing, Jay? Good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Eric. Absolutely, man. Thanks for signing up and doing this with me today. And what, what I'd like starting off, Jay, is just tell me about your story about how you got into professional bass fishing. Because I know it's one of those things where, you know, you might have grown up with your family and kind of like fishing there, and then you might have tried your hand at some professional tournaments. But I just want to hear your point of view, like what helps you get to where you are today? Yeah, you're right. That's that's kind of how it started. I started fishing in high school with a friend and family members, my dad and stuff. And then uh, when I got in college, I went to Oregon State, and that's when I kind of caught the vision to to try to my hand at being a professional bass fisherman back that was back like in the mid 80s and we you know back then there wasn't any college fishing like you have now it's totally different world today but um that's so i graduated in 87 and and then i fished tournaments all through college i didn't really get into bass tournaments i was in college in high school i think i fished one tournament in all of high school but i fished a lot on the weekends in high school, but in college, I started fishing tournaments, the just team tournaments around, around in my home state. And then after I graduated, I started my hand at trying, you know, fishing regionally, all the big tournaments in the West. And I did that for a couple of years with success, you know, fished in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Oregon, Nevada, all out west, and then did that for a couple of years with some good success. This is like in mm, 88, 89, fished my first Bassmaster in 89, uh, and uh, and then I started fishing the Bassmaster circuit um, back. My first year was the 89-90 tournament season. Back then, they used to start them in September, and then fish all through the winter and the final event would be in, in May. And then the classic would be in the summer, but it's a different schedule now, but yeah. So that's kind of, you know, I was, that's how I got going and had a good bit of success and won some tournaments at each level before I tried moving up to the next level. Absolutely. Who, who are some of the people? Um, Cause I know there's a lot of people that probably helped you along the way, but just like key people that kind of helped you, kind of stay on track and as you were growing and as you were going through each level, who were like those people that kind of helped you out? Well, you need a lot of help because it's a, it's a really competitive, tough way to go, you know? So my wife, Jill, she was a huge support base all the time and she traveled with me a lot before we started our family. And, uh, and, you know, my, my parents are always big believers that I could do it. And I had a, a kind of a mentor named Bill Cedar, who was my, taught me how to fish basically when I was in high school. He was a retired gentleman, just an old friend. And he, he was always giving me advice and tips and stuff, but you know, ultimately it's a solo sport. So you, you don't have a coach or teammates. It's just you. So you, you have to really believe in yourself and that you can um, be successful and, and uh, 
and and work super hard at it, you know, to to make your dream become a reality. And that's you know, and that's how I was back in those days. I treated bass fishing like I was preparing for an Olympic sport, you know, as far as just a singular focus. And that's all I did. I bass fished and I drove to the next place I was going to fish and I ate and I slept and that's it. It'd be like, you know, what I envisioned an athlete, what their lifestyle would be like training for an upcoming Olympics event. And so I, you know, I didn't stay that way my whole career, 35 years, but when I was a kid, that's, that's how I got into it. So it's a tremendous amount of hard work, but you know, God really blessed me too with a, a lot of success early on. And I was able to capitalize on that and got a lot of confidence that after getting some success and got some sponsors, that's really a, a huge deal. It's getting some endorsements because you can't do it on make a living just on your winnings. You need to, because you have good years and lean years on your winnings. So you've got to have some sponsors to help you through. And, uh, but yeah, it's been a fun time. Absolutely, man. What's the biggest difference from starting out in like the 80s and then coming to it now where you just retired last year, which congratulations on retirement. Oh, by the the way. differences are incredible, Eric. We, um, whew, I mean, just from the boats to the industry and all the tackle that we used. I mean, you know, that's and then just on that side, it's a huge difference. And then the, the industry's grown a good bit. Back then, there was just one pro circuit. You know, it was just bass. This is, I started before FLW even started, and they started in 96. I started my career in 87. So, still, well, it was, you know, it was totally different. We had the electronics were just a flashers. You know, we had the Lawrence X16 paper graph was our big, our big uh, new technology that came on the scene like in the late 80s. And things, you know, those have evolved so much over the years. It's just amazing. But uh, I think the fish also, besides the equipment, the fish have changed uh, a little bit in that because they have had so much intelligent pressure that most of the fish in our public lakes have been caught now several times in their life. So you're, it's a little bit different game when you're trying to catch a bass that's been caught six times in the last couple of years. It's a lot different. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, the, our lakes didn't have as much intelligent pressure. There was a lot of people that fished, but they all just went down the bank throwing a spinnerbait or a rattle trap. That's how all the locals fished. But now, gosh, the average locals as good as the top pros were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So the, and, But with catch and release, it keeps our fisheries going, and the fish are there. They're just... In fact, a lot of our lakes are just loaded with bass, but they're just very wary because they've all been caught several times. So, so, so there's the game's changed in that regard because the fish have changed a little bit, and and uh, techniques and stuff have evolved to keep up with them. And but it's it's uh, yeah, it's super fun. Jay, it's interesting you hit on that point where it's like overpressured fish because I would always hear stories about like. You know, my dad's fish stories when he would go out in the local reservoir and throw his bait in there and he would come out of there with like two five pounders. And I would go to that same reservoir nowadays and I'm catching like dinks. So yeah. it's interesting to see like some truth in that. The guy that's been in for 35 oh, years yeah. and kind of what he's seen. Yeah, they bass are super aggressive by nature. And you you go to a lake or a, or a pond that they've never been seen a lure before. Oh, my gosh, they'll jump over anything you throw in there. And eventually they get 
caught and they don't like getting caught. So they get a little more wary and a little more um, reserved, you might say, and, and just running out and eating the first artificial bait they see. But there's, we keep, people keep inventing new ways to fool them. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun trying to do that. Absolutely. It's, ama- it's an amazing fishery because if you catch them and let them go, they're still in there to spawn and make babies. And they're, the fish are there. They're just, you just don't get a lot of bite. You don't get as many bites on the, on the heavily fished public lakes, like Lake Fork and Lake Gunnersville and places like that. They get, you know, have hundreds of boats on them every day of the year fishing, catching those fish. And they catch and release. There's a fish are still there. They've just been caught so many times. And But when you get around a bass, right, when he's feeding, there's always little windows during every day where bass are catchable. And uh, you just don't get as many bites, but you, they're still out there to be caught. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not saying I do any illegal fishing by any means, but I've definitely fished a couple places where they don't yeah. see many lures. I should say. And um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you throw anything at them and they bite it. So yeah, I can that's only imagine. That, that's fun. That's what, that's where most people start their bass fishing in that sort of environment where it's pond fishing or fishing golf courses or whatever. And they're so fun to catch because they are aggressive. They'll bite on top and every, you know, different ways. And there, that's, there's a reason the bass are the number one sport fish in the country. They're just a lot of fun. Absolutely. And they live and they live in all states except Alaska, so they're everywhere. Yep, absolutely. Everyone can kind of connect to the bass fishing. But Jay, another thing I just wanted to point out here is what what's it like in two thousand three winning an SB? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so I yeah, I got stories from that. So yeah, I did. I got an SB for the best outdoor athlete. So I, they flew at the time I lived in Texas and, um, I guess ESPN flew my wife and I out first class to Hollywood where they had the, where they had the SB and, uh, they put us up at this hotel. And I remember, uh, I hope I get this story right. I haven't told it in a while, but they, they told us to be in the lobby at like 4 PM. Cause our limo would be right going to the, to the, uh, the the Kodak Theater there was where they had the awards and they were going to seat us and all that. And so I took my time getting ready and de- delayed a little bit too much. And by the time I um, it was time to really get ready, I, I realized I'd forgotten my dress shirt. I, I brought a suit. I mean, I went out and bought a suit, you know, and a nice one. But for some reason, I left my dress shirt at home and it was um, anyway, that was crazy. So I was running all over Hollywood trying trying to find a dress shirt right at the last minute and I did. But it was it so I got we get there and they have this red carpet walk going into the Kodak Theater and then there's a tall chain link fence on each side of the red carpet to keep the fans out away. And there's lots of fans on each side and and all these guys, all these amazing athletes are getting introduced, you know, and and uh Right before, and then, so it was almost my turn right before me, you know, Emmett Smith, who used to be a running back for the Dallas Cowboys, Emmett, and everybody's cheering real loud. They're cheering for all those guys because they're all big name athletes. And then they say, okay, now up for the outdoor athlete of the years, Jay Yellis. And everybody's like, who? Because <laughs> this is in Southern, you know, Los Angeles, right? Nobody knows about bass fishing back there. So, um, anyway, it was, we got to go in there and then I ended up winning that. 
award that night. It was that was incredible. It was a great memory, and and I've still got it on the on the old mantle at the house. But yeah, I think only two fishermen ever did win that. I think Van Dam won it like in maybe the year before or a couple years before I did, and so that was a tremendous honor. Yeah, they had a a big after party, you know, that you get, I get to meet all these famous athletes. And it was, that was an awesome experience. I loved it. Great memory. Who's the coolest athlete you met from that? Mm, Serena Williams. She was just, I mean, I, she, I, that her, now her forearms are like, like most men's thighs. She, She is so incredibly strong. You don't, you can't, see that on TV watching her play tennis, but I mean, that was back in her prime. I mean, back in 03, 20, 20 years ago. But yeah, he was, uh, I, we were stuck in the elevator for a little bit with her, my wife and I were, and she, she was nice. And I was just amazed at how, how built she was. It, it just, I never been a close to a, a lady professional tennis player before, but man, she was strong. That's why she was so good for so long. But yeah, I mean, Tom Brady was there. We got to talk to him and just, I, I don't know. There, there was a bunch of them, a bunch of football and, you know, players and basketball, golf, all tennis stars, all kinds of stuff. And then there was me. <laughs> the old fisherman. You represent the fish community. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it, Jay. <laughs> let's uh, let's switch gears to the uh, your foundation, the uh, Cast for Kids Foundation. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you guys got going on with that foundation? What you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, the Cast for Kids Foundation um, we exist to enrich the lives of children with special needs, and we take on fishing. We put on fishing events, give them an opportunity to. Not to go fishing, but we really celebrate the kids after their fishing is done. We have lunch for everybody, an award ceremony, and everybody, all the kids get a plaque with their photo in it, and everybody cheers real loud for them, and they they just love it. So it's um, we're in our thirty second year. I did of the Cast for Kids Foundation started in in ninety one, and I I didn't start it. I was on the board of directors for ten years, and then the founder of it retired, and so. I transitioned from being a board member to the running it on a daily basis. And I start, I've been doing that since 2015. So we've been, we had, we've been growing, adding events all around the country. And we have on our, um, on our website is castforkids.org. And you we have an event map on there. We've got events all over from coast to coast. And we're always looking for folks to come out and volunteer, um, to take a child fishing. Some of our events are boating events. Some are shore fishing events, but at all those events, we need volunteers to work with the kids and, you know, help them, help them catch fish. And, uh, and it's a, most of the time we, the volunteers we find come out to be a blessing to the kids and help them, but they end up being the ones that get the most out of it just because it's so fun to share your time with some of these awesome kids and put a smile on their face and, get a big hug from them after at the end of the day. So that's what we do. And, and uh, yeah, or if anybody's listening that has a, knows a special needs child that would never been fishing or they might want to try it, um, just have them sign up. It's the events are totally free to all the kids. So, um, and you can register online for, for all the events. 
at our website or through our website. So that's, yeah, it's super fun. And we, uh, you know, we have events, like I say, all over um, America and our, I think Texas has more events than any other state, but we've got them from coast to coast and north to south. And um, it's, it's pretty fun. Uh, Jay, that's awesome. And, you know, the links will be in the bio for the Cast for Kids Foundation. If you guys want to go check it out, donate, get involved, all that good stuff. It's a great foundation and um, it's, it's awesome what you guys do for sure. Yeah, I love it. It's just, it's just good to give back. You know, I got to, blessed a 35 year career as a professional bass fisherman and now it's something i'm passionate about is giving these kids an opportunity to go and enjoy it and special needs kids just never they don't ever have nothing designed just for them to go do and and there's a lot of i i heard recently like that is about 17 percent of the population has some disability or at least one uh, uh, some disability and so it's a very there's a lot of people in America that have some sort of uh, disability or special needs. So we, um, we love giving those guys and gals the chance to, to go and enjoy a fun day on the water and, and, and celebrate them too with a fun lunch and awards ceremony. It's, it's a good time. I love doing it. I love it. I love it. All right, Jay, let's, let's wrap it up here. I always like asking everyone 35 year career, Bass Fishing Hall of Fame in SB. What is your PB largemouth bass and smallmouth bass? Right. Well, great question. My biggest largemouth was 11 pounds, 11 ounces. I caught it at Lake Toho um, in the in a Bassmaster tournament in 2001. It was back in the year that Dean Rojas caught the at, at that time an all-time Bassmaster record. He had like a 45-pound limit and the second day of that tournament I had a 36-pound limit which was including an 11-11 and uh yeah and the smallmouth my biggest smallmouth was like 512 i've never did catch a 6 pound smallmouth my whole career not even fun fishing and um I, but i caught that that 5 pounder on the st lawrence river um they actually in a bassmaster tournament it, i like catching them in tournaments <laughs> but anyway i caught that in uh, 2019 in a elite series on the st lawrence river so yeah um those are some dandies and, and, uh, but I, I never, I, I was always surprised me that I never did catch a six pound smallmouth in all, all my fishing. And, but what, you know, we've got some big smallmouth out here in the Northwest. I'd need to head over to Idaho and chase some of those giant smallies they catch. They catch pretty regularly. It's like six, seven pounds, eight pound smallmouth over there and some of those lakes. So anyway, that's that's the uh, last thing you need for the trophy shelf to just put yeah, on there. Six yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> I love it. Awesome, Jay. I appreciate it. So real quick, sure. uh, just to wrap up, wrap up here, um, where can people find you, get in contact with you, and then also check out the um, the Cast for Kids Foundation? Yeah. I know you already saw the website, yeah. but might as well. Yeah, well, they, my e- email is jay at castforkids.org. And my phone number is on there too. You can just go through our Cast for Kids website. And uh, yeah, if anybody's interested in starting an event in their community for kids with special needs, heck, get in touch with us. So we, that's what we do at the foundation. We provide leadership for to help local communities put on an event. And we for the kids in those communities, we rely on a lot of local volunteers in the area to, and we work with the volunteers to kind of. Um, 
help them put on an event. So it's it's super fun, and we'd love to get some more events going. So give us a call or send me an email. We'll do it. Awesome. Jay, I love it. Thanks for coming on here. Maybe yeah. some down in the road, we'll have you on for another episode. Yeah, that'd be great, Eric. Thank you. Appreciate the time. You got it. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel, on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well. 